0: Welcome to today's session on grounding. My name is Jeff Krasno. The word grounding carries multifarious meanings from dishing out punishment to obstreperous children to finding psychological equilibrium, as one does when looking to ground oneself. Grounding is also a term relevant to electromagnetism. Electrical grounding is a fundamental safety feature in electrical systems. It involves creating a direct physical connection between electrical equipment and the earth. This connection is typically made using a conductor like copper or aluminum wire and is designed to protect both the equipment and more importantly the user from electrical faults. Well, humans are, in a sense, a piece of electrical equipment too as we produce a field of electrical charge. And today's session explores the potentially protective activity of grounding our bodies by directly connecting with the earth. Now, life coaches are constantly peddling positivity. Perhaps you've heard the axiom, change your thoughts, change your life. The belief is that affirmative thoughts will translate into beneficial behavior and also serve as a magnet for other positively-minded people. Now This is commonly known as the law of attraction. Now, while the notion that positivity attracts more positivity might work in psychology, it violates Coulomb's law of electromagnetism. The fundamental principle of this axiom is that light charges actually repel each other while opposite charges attract one another. In fact, a biologist might exhort you to be more negative as a means to reduce oxidative stress. Now, one way to do this is through establishing a connection to the earth. This practice is known as grounding or earthing. The idea behind this practice is that direct contact with the earth's surface allows you to absorb negative electrons from the earth which can help reduce inflammation and neuter the free radicals that cause oxidative stress in the body. Now, indeed, the earth's surface maintains a slightly negative charge. Let me briefly explain this odd phenomenon. I will begin in the high reaches of our atmosphere. Now the ionosphere is a layer of Earth's upper atmosphere, roughly between 50 to 600 miles above the Earth, which is ionized by solar radiation. High energy photons from the sun knock electrons off the atoms and molecules present at those altitudes like nitrogen and oxygen, creating a layer of free electrons and positive ions. In addition to solar radiation, cosmic rays, these high energy particles from space, also contribute to ionizing these atmospheric gases, leading to the formation of more charged particles. Now, while both positive ions and free electrons are created, the overall structure of the ionosphere tends to be net positive. Now, in psychology, positivity is associated with lightness and negativity with heaviness. In physics, it's quite the opposite. The ionosphere is positive because electrons, which are much lighter, move freely, sometimes being lost to space or diffusing to lower altitudes while the weightier positive ions remain additionally lightning and precipitation help transfer negative charge down to the earth's surface during a thunderstorm for example a large amount of negative charge is carried from the clouds to the ground through lightning bolts this is a continual process happening all over the earth and contributes significantly to the negative charge of the Earth's surface. Parenthetically, lightning also fixes nitrogen in the soil, where it is eventually used by plants to produce amino acids. Incredible, right? The Earth and its atmosphere are part of a global electric circuit. The ionosphere, with its positive charge, acts almost like a capacitor plate, while the Earth's surface, with its negative charge, acts as the other plate. The atmospheres and the insulator between them and currents flow in this circuit driven by atmospheric processes like thunderstorms and weather systems, maintaining that charge separation. Now, in the ionosphere, free electrons recombine with positive ions over time, but the continual input of energy from the sun keeps ionizing those gases. At night, when the part of the ionosphere in shadow experiences less solar radiation, recombination reduces the ionization levels. However, even at night, cosmic rays and other sources of energy ensure that the ionosphere remains ionized, albeit at lower levels, than during the day. Both the ionosphere's positive charge and the Earth's negative charge are part of a dynamic system influenced by daily solar cycle, seasonal changes, and varying weather patterns. This system ensures that on average, the Earth maintains its slightly negative charge and the ionosphere maintains its positive charge. The Earth's surface, particularly soil and water bodies, is conductive. And this conductivity allows for the free movement of charges and the maintenance of the Earth's negative charge. So when you ground or earth yourself by walking barefoot, for example, you are connecting to this negatively charged surface. Now, the theory is that through this direct contact, our bodies can absorb negative ions. Now, these negative ions are believed to neutralize free radicals, which are positively charged and can cause oxidative stress in the body. A free radical is one of the more entertaining terms in biology. It conjures images of long-locked, tie-dyed hippies advocating for social change while gnawing on a grilled cheese. Indeed, a free radical is a molecule who yearns to shake up the system. But just like Moonbeam's birth name was more likely Judith Goldstein, free radicals are in some cases known by their more formal designation as reactive oxygen species, or ROS. A free radical is a molecule capable of independent existence that contains an unpaired electron in its atomic orbital. This results in instability and hyperreactivity. They can either donate an electron to or accept an electron from other molecules, therefore behaving as oxidants or reductants. Now, the most important oxygen-containing free radicals in many disease states are hydroxyl radical, superoxide anion radical, and hydrogen peroxide. These are highly reactive molecules, like I said, capable of damaging DNA and essential key proteins. Now, free radicals are derived from normal metabolic processes in the human body. Factories sometimes produce defective products, right? Our mitochondria, our energy factors, produce free radicals during the process of making ATP. Now, in some cases, free radicals can be useful, but too many can spell trouble. Free radicals are also generated in response to external agents, such as exposure to x-rays, ozone, cigarette smoking, air pollutants, and industrial chemicals. If reactive oxygen species, Ross, are the freewheeling hippies of the body, then antioxidants are their straight-laced suburban cousins. An antioxidant is a molecule stable enough to donate an electron to a rampaging free radical and neutralize it, thus reducing its capacity to do damage. Antioxidants delay or inhibit cellular damage, mainly through this free radical scavenging function. The most famous antioxidant is glutathione, though the most prevalent antioxidant in the body is actually intercellular melatonin. Hmm. The term oxidative stress is used to describe the condition of oxidative damage resulting when the critical balance between free radical generation and antioxidant defenses is unfavorable. This disequilibrium arises as a result of an imbalance between free radical and antioxidant production. Now, oxidative stress is involved with a wide host of physiological and neurological disorders, including cancer, heart disease, Parkinson's, autism, depression, and others. In the case of cancer, for example, free radicals can induce DNA damage, mutation, which can lead to the production and proliferation of dysfunctional cells. Antioxidants can decrease oxidative stress-induced carcinogenesis through the direct scavenging of reactive oxygen species, i.e. free radicals. Absorbing negative ions through grounding is theorized to mimic This effect of antioxidants, the negative ion stabilizes the free radical through pairing its electron with the free radical's uncommitted electron. Yes, even free radicals, given the right conditions, will settle down and get married. That's what we want in this case. So while the study samples have been small, research is supporting the health-conferring impacts of grounding. In a paper published... In the Journal of Inflammation Research, scientists found that grounding normalized cortisol profiles, improved sleep, reduced stress levels, and lowered inflammation. The easiest way to ground is to simply kiss the ground with your bare feet. Just take a walk on the grass, or on the sand, or on the soil. There are various other grounding systems that are available that enable contact with the earth while sleeping or sitting on a computer. These are rudimentary conductive systems in the form of sheets, mats, wrist or ankle bands, and adhesive patches that can be used inside the home or office. These applications are connected to the earth, often via a cord inserted into a grounded wall outlet or attached to a grounding rod placed in the soil outside. There is also footwear made by Vivo Barefoot that contains a conductive rubber sole, which allows for ion absorption while still offering protection for the foot. Now, even if the antioxidant benefits of grounding may be minimal, there's every reason to bury your bare feet in the warm sand or walk on the dewy grass. This simple practice is a method to rediscover the earth and we often equate the earth with the planet that we live on and we use the term interchangeably with culture now the earth has often come to mean the people that live on it now, we surf google earth as a means to discover the targets of our wanderlust but humans so easily confuse the map with the territory the earth is of course the soil We pave over it and then bind the biomechanics of our feet in plastic and leather, only to then explore a digital landscape. It's no wonder we forget the true nature of the earth. On a flat road, you might walk at three miles per hour, but the sand slows you down and reminds you that you cannot separate the behavior and function of your own organism from the behavior and function of your environment. You are an organment or an Environism and touching the raw earth is a reconnection with that which has sustained you. You feel into nature and its rhythm of life. It's a reminder that every molecule of your being came from the earth and someday to the earth it will return. You are part of something bigger than yourself. You are a link in the spontaneously emerging wondrous mystery of life.